The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, everyone. I'm Peyton Sarton, host of the Note to Self podcast. Note to Self is a space to embrace your unique qualities, get grounded, and ultimately have honest conversation. No topic is off limits. I began doing social media seven years ago, and since then, I've started a clothing line and this podcast. Note to Self is a place where people from every stage of life can come for advice, new perspectives, and to feel a little less alone. Whether I'm recording by myself or bringing along a friend, we will explore topics ranging from relationships and mental wellness to social media and entrepreneurship. Tune in to Note to Self every week for the sisterly advice you didn't know you needed and raw conversations you've always wanted. Hey, it's Mariana, and welcome back to the Life with Mariana podcast. If you're new here, I am the host, and I'm also the co-founder of Summer Fridays. One of the things that I really practice and that is a really big part of my everyday routine and the things that I do and how I try to have intention in all areas of my life is self-care. And I really try to take care of my body, mind, and soul through my morning routine, my evening routines, and how I just live my life. It is always a work in progress. I am not perfect, but I really want to learn how to improve this area so that I can feel my best in all the other areas of my life. So I have Taylor Elise Morrison here, and she's the author of Inner Workout. It's all about strengthening your self-care practices so that you can heal your mind, body, and soul. And so she has five pillars here that she wanted to talk to you guys about. Physical, energetic, mental and emotional, wisdom, and bliss. So she's a self-care expert, and I ask her so many things in this episode. So if you guys want to hear from Taylor, keep listening right after the life update. So let's talk a little bit about this week's life update. So I guess the biggest update would be today, we have a new launch at Summer Fridays, specifically at Sephora. So we came out with blush bomb sticks previously on Summer Fridays, and now they are available at Sephora, and we came out with a new shade. So it might be the first time that you're ever seeing this product. So these are called blush bomb sticks because they really are like a blush, but they give you this balmy texture. And it's more sheer and creamy than a lot of blushes. And so I love a blush. I just feel like my makeup never looks complete. Even if I'm not really putting makeup on and I put a little bit of blush, I dab it on my lips and put a little bit of lip balm on. I just feel so much better in my skin. It just feels like it wakes me up. And because we are a skincare brand at Summer Fridays, we really think about skincare first. So these are non-comedogenic and fragrance-free. There's also hyaluronic acid and glycerin, so it gives you a boost of hydration. There are four shades. So previous shades that we had are Warm Desert. It's like a sheer sun-kissed terracotta. There's Pink Skies, which I love anything pinky. It's a soft sunset-inspired pink. There's also Heat Wave. It's a pop of deep red, but don't be scared by how red it looks in the packaging. When you apply it on, it gives the most beautiful wash of color. And then our new shade that just launched is Dusty Rose. It's a sheer deep dusty pink. And I love all of these. And I think you guys will too. They're available now at summerfridays.com and at Sephora. And you can just apply them on the lips, on the cheeks. You can blend it out with a brush or your fingers or a sponge. It's really foolproof because it's got this like sheer color to it. And so if you guys want to try those, those are available now. And because this episode is all about self-care, I thought I would give you guys a little self-care update. So I feel like when I go through phases of my life, when I am really stressed, it shows physically in my body and it shows in a couple different ways. Um, One way is I might have stomach aches. Another way is a physical rash. Another way is like numbing sensations I get in my body and I can physically feel those. In addition to that, I've had blood work done and I can see where my cortisol is not where it should be because of stress and burnout. And I know that's not the way I want to live. And so that's why I really try 
to take care of myself in all areas. And it's not just one area. It's really like thinking about what do I need most? What is most helpful for me? And so in this episode, I learned a lot from Taylor because I realized there's so much more I'm not doing that it's okay to have these one areas of self-care in my life, but I really want to go a lot deeper. And not only do I need to think of it in that way, but sometimes it doesn't need to be this big thing. Because I think a lot of times we think like, oh, I don't have time to journal today. Like I don't have time to sit down and do this. But what if it was only two minutes? What if it was 30 seconds? What if it was just one sentence? Like thinking of these self-care practices as being whatever you can fit in versus needing to make so much time in your day to do it. But if that one tiny thing can make you feel better, then let's start incorporating these practices. And so a couple of the things that I do for each of these kind of buckets that she talks about is one is physical. And for me, physical means sleep. And prioritizing my sleep is so important and vital to my overall health and well-being and how I feel in my body. Another thing about physical is that a lot of times, which is very me, that I internalize a lot of things. I'm not someone who likes confrontation. So I keep a lot of things inside. But when I do that, I really need to find a form of getting it all out. So I need to talk to someone, or I need to journal, or I need to do something, or that's going to show up in my physical body. Another thing is about energy. And I have a previous episode about energy drainers and givers. And she actually said something to me that really stuck with me. And I talk about energy drainers and she's like, not all energy drainers are bad. And that's how I previously thought about them. And she thought, you know, sometimes I think like, oh, this thing drains my energy, so I don't want to do it. But she's like, think about a workout afterwards. Your energy might be depleted because you just worked out, but you feel so good about yourself. So don't always think about energy drainers as being something negative. One of the other areas she talks about here for self-care is bliss. So I want to share with you guys a few blissful moments and things that I've been doing in my life. And so I have a couple practices that bring me bliss and joy and connection in my life. And I know that these things are really important to me. One of those things is my best friend. You guys know I had her on my podcast before. Her name is Audrey. She came on for a Pride episode talking about her story of coming out. But her and I are best friends. We've been best friends for 16 years, a very long time now. And as we both become adults, we just have very busy schedules, but we know the connection and our friendship is really important to us. We put time to hang out in our calendar. And I know that that sounds like scheduled fun is not so fun, but I know that that personal connection is really important to me and it brings me a lot of bliss. And so this last week, we had a couple of times where we scheduled to be together and it's so nice to know that it's on the calendar and that we schedule that time. And so it's been so great to see her more frequently and that we're really prioritizing that time to spend with each other. Another thing about connection is I'm reading a book right now on groundedness and it was talking about how connection is one of the most important things to feeling grounded. And I think of grounded as self-care. And so this is all connected. And it was talking about how, you know, digitally we all feel like we have community, but there's nothing that beats this in real life community feeling. And one of those things that we did this last week was with Summer Fridays. Last Friday was the first like unofficial Summer Friday of the season. It's, it was after Memorial Day and we had our first Summer Fridays community event. So this is an event that's open to you guys, to our community online. So we're actually going to be doing this in different cities around the US this summer. We will be posting them on Summer Fridays Instagram. We are posting the city that we're gonna be in and then if we're gonna post the date. And then when we post that, we'll say, are you available on this date in the city? So if you guys see that on Instagram and you want to come, definitely comment. Let us know you're going to be there so we can invite you to come hang out with us because we really want to hang out with you guys in person, in real life. Uh, our team is going to put together amazing Summer Fridays events all summer long. So hopefully we will see you and connect with you in a city near you. So that was kind of my life update for the last week and a couple of things that I was up to. So really, the it's very Summer Fridays heavy in my life right now. I feel like I go through phases where 
I spend more time on different buckets of my life, whether it's personal or professional. And in this phase of my life and career, it's Summer Fridays focused. So that is what I'm up to. I hope you guys like this little update. And don't forget the new blush bomb sticks are available now at summerfridays.com and at Sephora. So now let's hear from Taylor all about self-care. There's something that I wear every single day. I'm literally wearing it right now. Anytime I post this on Instagram, I get so many link clicks because you guys are just as interested as I am. And it's the Fits Everybody collection from Skims. I feel like it's their best kept secret. It really feels like nothing I've ever worn before. It is so stretchy and so soft. It just really like melts into your body. You almost forget you're wearing it. I used to feel like when I got home, I like immediately needed to take my bra off because I was so uncomfortable. I've been home for hours and I'm still wearing it right now because that's how comfortable it feels. It's like the bra for people who don't like wearing bras. And I feel like everyone needs to experience this level of comfort. Skims is a solution-oriented brand creating the next generation of underwear, loungewear, and shapewear for everybody. I love it, and my favorite one is the Fits Everybody Triangle Bralette and the Fits Everybody Underwear. These I wear every single day. They're my favorite, and Skims are really the only underwear that I have now, and I love the Triangle Bralette because it really gives me the support that I need. The Fits Everybody collection of underwear are lightweight, form-fitting essentials, and the buttery soft fabric really molds to your body and stretches to twice its size. It's offered in a range of cuts and fits from underwear and bras to dresses, t-shirts, and bodysuits. Available in sizes XXS to 4X and offered in nine core colorways and limited edition seasonal colors. So believe the hype because this collection has over 90,000 five-star reviews for a reason. Skims fit everybody and more best-selling essentials are available now at skims.com. Plus get free shipping on orders over $75 all at skims.com. And after you place your order, be sure to let them know we sent you. Select podcast in the survey and be sure to select Life with Mariana. Select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Congratulations because your book just came out. So before we get into the five pillars of well-being, I want to know a little bit about your new book. Yeah. So my new book is called Inner Workout, which is the same name as my company. And it's all built on this assessment that I built at the very beginning of the pandemic when like I knew I wanted to support people's self-care, but I also knew that I didn't want to be on Zoom like teaching endless workshops all the time. And so I developed this assessment that measures your well-being across five dimensions, and it gives you these actionable practices based on your results. And at this point, thousands of people have taken it, and I I love it as a great starting point for targeting your self-care practices. And then I was fortunate enough to have a publisher reach out and ask if I wanted to write a book. And as soon as that offer was on the table, my first thought is was that I wanted to expand on what I had started with the Take Care Assessment and go a level deeper through this book. Wow. What a happy coincidence that someone reached out with this opportunity. Was it something you were even thinking about doing? It was. I had this dream of being an author at some point in my life. I thought it was going to be years down the road. And it just so happened that it it happened probably decades sooner than I thought it would. Well, congratulations. And I can't wait to read it. And I know this is a topic that I care about a lot myself, and I'm sure so many of my listeners are. So what is your definition of self-care? My definition of self-care has come from a lot of personal struggle and experience, but also in working with other people. And the definition of self-care that I use is that self-care is listening within and responding in the most loving way possible. And what I really appreciate about that definition is that it shifts self-care from being this 
a lot of times what I see with people that I work with, it's this parallel list of things that I'm supposed to do that are good for me that if we're honest, a lot of times we end up not doing all of those things and we get mad at ourselves for not doing those things. And so this definition of self-care as listening and responding with love means that there's always an opportunity for us to be in conversation with ourselves. We can meet ourselves where we're at. Yeah. And I think that's really important because I also think it it's so different to everybody. Like what self-care is to me is different to you and the things that make you feel your best is really different. And so I think it's about exploring it for yourself because I know a lot of times we hear like, oh, I did this thing. Like I think meditation is one of those big ones where like for me, I knew it made a really big difference in my life. But if it's making someone else feel more stressed out and it's not helping them, then maybe that's not self-care for them. Exactly. And even to build on that, what you need in a certain part of your life. We have seasonal shifts, both depending on where you live, but also in our own life. So I think back to like a year ago, what felt like self-care for me then, some of those things are the same, but some of them are different because I've changed and my circumstances have changed. I love that because it's a lot more forgiving because I I think we don't want to force ourselves into self-care and think like, oh, I listen to all these people and they do all these things and like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I think that was like something I even worked out for myself because I kept hearing people talk about a morning routine and how important it was to their day. And so I was kind of testing and trying these things and there were things that actually didn't make me feel any better. I just felt worse and more stressed out trying to fit them in. And then now I have a really good cadence of the things that I do. I'm also very forgiving with myself. So if I don't do them all, I'm not down on myself that I didn't do it. And I try to do the best that I can. And one of the things that I love is like reading as part of my morning routine. And in the morning, I like to do something nonfiction that's helping me throughout my day. And then at the night, I like to read something fiction because I feel like it helps me unwind. But your book is like one of these things that I definitely need to incorporate into my mornings. And in your book, you discuss the five pillars of emotional well-being, which are physical, energetic, mental, emotional, wisdom, and bliss. So how did you get to these five pillars? This started for me when I went through a yoga teacher training several years ago, and I was introduced to this yogic concept of the koshas, which then became the five dimensions of well-being. And what clicked for me when I was introduced to the koshas was that so much of the way I was practicing self-care at that time, the listening, the responding with love was only focused on the physical, was only focused on my body. And for many of us, that is an amazing starting point because if you're like me, maybe you weren't taught to listen to your body, you were taught to ignore your body and to suppress what it needs. But as you continue to grow in your self-care journey, you realize, oh, sometimes just doing the thing for my body isn't getting to the root of what I need. The example that I'll give is like, give it, getting a massage is great. Taking a bath is great. But if you are in a conflict with someone that you care about, or if you're feeling really anxious about a situation at work, those might end up being more like band-aids instead of true care. So that's what those dimensions of well-being do for me. They allow me to care for my whole being and to make sure that I'm not overly focusing on one area while ignoring another aspect of myself. It's so important to think about it holistically. So I want to go over the five pillars with you and break them down. So let's start with physical first. So for me, I know if I'm not feeling well, it really does show up in like my physical body and like how I feel. So how can you tell if your body needs some self-care? I think the big thing is starting to view your relationship with your body as a two-way conversation. So everyone's body is speaking to them. And 
like what you were saying earlier, it's a little bit different. The way that your body speaks to you might be different than the way that my body speaks to me. So learning the language of your body, like you get tired or for those people who, who menstruate, you might realize I'm literally about to start my period tomorrow. So like my body is very tired right now. I need to take things a lot more slowly than I might at different parts of the month. And that's taken me like months and years to really understand the ins and outs of my body and a lot of just curiosity instead of, I think the shift for me was instead of thinking about everything that was happening in and with my body as like these separate incidents, I started to look for trends like, okay, I maybe don't feel tired every day, but I'm noticing I have a month a week every month where I'm feeling really tired, what's going on there? What's happening around then? Is it because I have a specific event? Is it because it's my menstrual cycle? And when you approach it with curiosity, that's when you really start to be able to be in relationship with your body and to hear what your body is saying to you. Your body is so wise. Is there a daily practice or something we can do to just sit with our body and be like, okay, this is how I'm physically feeling so that we can become more in tune when those sensations come up. Many of you are probably familiar with a body scan. I love a body scan. I love many meditative and mindfulness practices because they're free and because you can do them anywhere. You can be standing in line at the grocery store and do a body scan and realize, oh man, my calves are really tight. When I get home, I can go stretch. Another thing is to take something that you already do when you're engaging with your body, like showering or putting body oil or lotion on and use that as an opportunity to check in with yourself. I'm a big fan of habit stacking. Yeah, I am too. And I love doing those things. And so something that I do for myself is I do a body scan when I get into bed at night and I turn off all of my body parts. So I start at my toes and I'm like, okay, I'm turning off my toes. I'm turning off my ankles. And like, I just kind of relax each area of my body. And it also gives me a sense of just like myself and like being in the space and like not overthinking other things because I'm just thinking about my physical body. And so it's something I love to do. That sounds beautiful. I I think many of us would benefit from doing a body scan before bed. And then do you have any practices for accepting your body, accepting our physical body? This is one of the ones that for many people is so hard because we receive a lot of conditioning about what our body should be able to do, what our body should look like. Honestly, before even getting to acceptance, for many of us, we need to notice those shoulds. So when you are having a moment of comparison or judgment for yourself, acknowledge, oh, this is a standard I feel like I'm supposed to be living up to. Where did this come from? Is this a standard that I actually want to step into? I think sometimes for people going straight into body acceptance or body positivity is like a step too far. And many of us need to start with noticing what is getting in the way of our acceptance, surfacing some of those narratives, and then deciding whether or not there's something that is useful for us to hold on to. This episode is all about self-care. And self-care for me is having small daily practices that really just are a part of my everyday life. And they really have positive impacts on my overall life. So there's little things like making my bed or journaling and checking up on my friends and community. So sometimes these small daily actions really make a big difference. And when it comes to caring for your hair, a little goes a long way. 
Whether you're fine, medium, or thick, Way is just your type. No matter what your hair needs are, volume, shine, or hydration, their shampoos and conditioners are made to give your strands exactly what they need, helping you with multiple hair concerns to get you on your way to good hair days every single day. So I love their products because they really work for my hair. And I like that some of the things are targeted. So whether it's something like detox shampoo or something where I need for my hair, I have a lot of hair, but it's fine. So I like to add extra volume to it. I really feel like the products that I use in the shower help my hair and how I'm styling it. And that's why I like it because it's giving me the results I'm exactly looking for. So nourish your hair every day and keep it looking its best with shampoo and conditioner from Way. If you're not sure what your type is, take the hair quiz to find the way that works for you. But if you've been on a product binge, get the Detox Shampoo. It gives your strands and scalp a deep cleanse to bring it back to life while adding strength, softness, and shine. This special combination of clarifying apple cider vinegar and enriching keratin cleanses impurities, product buildup, hard water deposits, and more. Get on your way to healthier hair one day at a time with shampoo and conditioners that are just your type. Go to theouai.com slash mariana15 for 15% off your entire purchase. That's theouai.com slash mariana15. And the next well-being pillar that I wanted to get into with you is energetic and energy. How would you define energetic well-being? This one is, it often feels like the one that's hardest to define, but intuitively we all know this. Like we have been in conversations and let's say we have two hour long conversations. After one, we're like jumping up and down. We feel so energized. We feel like we can take over the world. After the second one, we like are dead. It was the same amount of time. And yet the our experience of being energized or drained was so different. And that's happening throughout our days, not just in our interactions with other people, but in our interactions with every aspect of our lives. And so there is this, this physics law, the law of conservation of energy, which says that energy is never created or destroyed. It's just moved throughout different parts of our life. When we eat food, that gives us energy that allows us to continue to thrive and nourishes us. That's happening in every aspect of our lives. And so the energetic dimension is looking at how energy is moving between different aspects of our lives. And when we are in a place where we are consistently expending more energy than is being replenished, that's when we get to a place where we're feeling drained in the energetic dimension of well-being. And that's a pretty fast track to burnout. Yes, absolutely. I feel like there's instances where I know for myself, I say, okay, if I leave the situation and I feel energized, I feel good, I feel happy, then I know this is something I want to keep in my life. But I'm if I'm leaving a situation, an event, a person, a thing, and I feel depleted afterwards and I feel exhausted, maybe those are some of the energy drainers I want to eliminate in my life. So are there ways that we can take an inventory of our energy drainers and givers so that we can have more of the positive energy? First, I want to acknowledge that in the world, the way that we are, we live in the world right now, there's always going to be things that drain our energy. And it's not necessarily even bad for our energy to be drained. Sometimes, like think of the feeling after a good workout, like you expended energy, but you still feel strong afterwards. What can be an issue is when there are more drainers than there are energizers in our life. And so the word that you used was perfect. Taking inventory, something that I recommend to a lot of people is just have like, whether it's digitally or physically in a notebook, 
keep stock of what you're doing, whether it's I'm sweeping the floor at my house or I'm recording a podcast interview with you. And you can just do like a quick little arrow up or down. Did this energize me? Did this drain me? And the name of the game for me is often getting data. The more that you know what is actually happening in your life, the more you're able to do something about it. But most of us just aren't aware. I think the a lot of the energy drainers in our lives are sometimes things that we can't eliminate. So how do we protect our energy or how do we deal with these maybe energy drainers that we can't eliminate or can't avoid? I talk about this concept in the book of proactive and responsive or reactive self-care. And so when you know that there is something like you cannot get rid of it, it's whether it's a person or a work situation or just a reality of your life for the moment, you can proactively do something to support you. Perhaps you hate public speaking, but you know you've got to public speak once a month in this meeting. You can do something beforehand to give you an extra boost of energy. On the other end of things, you can do something in response. So maybe there's, I'm trying to think, maybe you have a family member that calls you occasionally and you never know when they're going to call, but whenever they call, it throws you off. You can have what I call a self-care toolkit. So have some things that you know can bring you back into balance and prepare those before that activating situation happens. So either planning some things ahead of time or having a toolkit that you can draw on. You don't have to think too much about it. Tell me a little bit more about this self-care toolkit. Like, what is this? What do we do? I tend to recommend having things that are 10 minutes or less, preferably five minutes or less, that are things that don't necessarily cost a lot of time or money for you to do. Something as simple as this breathing exercise is really effective for me when I'm feeling anxious, or this gratitude practice helps me out. Or I know that I can text this person, one of my good friends, and they're normally willing to give me a quick pep talk to help me get back to balance and get my head in the game. And mapping these out ahead of time will help you because a lot of times people get in the moment, they're all riled up. And then they're like, I don't know what to do for help. I'm distressed and I need care, but I don't know what I need. So choosing it ahead of time is like current you doing a favor for future you. I love that. Current you doing a favor for future you. That's such a great way to think about a self-care toolkit because I know there's things that even if I don't want to do it and it takes 10 minutes, I know I'll feel better afterwards. Like one of those things for me is like cleaning and tidying. Like I don't love the actual act of cleaning and tidying, but I know how good I feel after I do it and how even if I just like wipe down my kitchen, I feel refreshed afterwards. So there's something about it that makes me feel better. That's such a gift that you're giving to the version of you that then gets to walk back into the kitchen and be like, my space is beautiful. Exactly. So the next pillar is mental and emotional. And I know this is such a big part because if I don't feel good emotionally, then no matter what I do in the other areas for self-care, I'm just not going to feel better no matter what. So how does this impact our overall well-being? And obviously we know like our mental health is so important. So what can we do to support ourselves each day? This is really important because I find, and I'm curious if this is true for the people listening, but I find that a lot of people know things about mental health. They could probably tell you some statistics. They could probably use some terminology, but when it comes to actually being aware of their own mental health and integrating some of those learnings into their life, there's an issue. Like I I think about 
social media all the time and how many of us share these great quotes or share these 10 tips for something that we can do for mental health, but actually don't take the time to support ourselves and don't take the time to notice the nuance of how it shows up in our own life. The way that I experience anger and the way that I process anger in a healthy way is likely very different than how you experience and process anger or any other emotion. So starting to know that language, I talk about it as being like a feeling sommelier where you are noticing, okay, I get this weird blend of frustration and sadness when this happens. This is how it feels in my body and this is how I like to move through it. So a lot of it is truly getting to know yourself and starting to put language around your emotions so that you can support yourself. Are there any good resources that you have for like emotion vocabulary? Because I think sometimes we lack words trying to describe how we feel. But if we had a list, it might be more helpful for us to like accurately describe our our feelings. There's a graphic in the book that I think is great for the core emotions. But something if you're like looking for something, grab and go for emotions. If you just Google the feelings wheel, there are multiple versions of it and it all overlaps. It's like this beautiful rainbow graphic where the different colors mean different types of emotions and you can see how they mix together. That's really great for learning terminology that maybe you wouldn't have created on your own. Oh, I love that. I looked it up just as you were saying it. And I love that it kind of goes out to more descriptive feelings. So I just don't feel bad, but maybe I'm stressed and it's not just stressed, but it's because I'm feeling rushed. So it's being really specific in those feelings and then maybe linking it back to why is this happening or why do I feel this way? I've used this in a couple of groups that I've been in both as a practitioner and as a participant and the conversations that get started when you have this as a a starting point both with yourself and with other people are so valuable. One of the ways that I make sure I take care of myself and my self-care is with habit stacking. So it really became a routine for me of my morning routine of the things I do that make me feel my best. I really like to set myself up for success in my day. And habit stacking is the idea that you can build a major habit by thinking small enough to get started. So think, keep a glass of water and your DSO-1 daily symbiotic on your bedside. So you remember to take your symbiotic first thing in the morning every day. It's as simple as that. So I like habit stacking because it's really important for me to just build those habits. It was a book that I read actually that just made it like one last step that I had to think of. So for me, what I like to do is I put my DSO-1 daily symbiotic right next to my coffee machine. So I know to have it before I have coffee in the morning. It's the very first thing that I do. And that way I just remember to take it without even having to think about it. Seeds DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic is a plant-based prebiotic and probiotic with 24 strain that have been clinically or scientifically studied for its benefits. 53.6 billion AFU. So you're going to want to take these two capsules once a day on an empty stomach. This could be first thing in the morning or 30 minutes before your first meal or two hours after your last meal. But this is why I just keep it by my coffee machine. So I see it and I remember it. Another reason I love seed is just how easy it is in my life. I feel like with a lot of other things, you have to keep them refrigerated and these are engineered to survive. So you can really take it with you no matter where you are, which is very convenient for my lifestyle. Start a new healthy habit today. Visit seed.com slash life with me and use code life with me to redeem 30% off your first month of seeds DSO one daily symbiotic. That's seed.com slash life with me and use code life with me. The next pillar is wisdom. And what do you mean by wisdom as part of your overall well-being? Yeah, this is the one that I tend to get fired up on because I view like my mission in life as 
introducing people to their inner wisdom. I truly believe that everyone is their own best expert. And again, like we live in this world where we're fortunate to have so much information accessible to us, but unfortunately, we often act as if the information supersedes what we know about ourselves. So exactly what you were saying when people are like, you need to have this perfect morning routine. And you're like, that's not actually as important for me. So the wisdom dimension acknowledges the truth that everyone is wise, that you, everyone listening has this inner wisdom and invites you to trust yourself to be present with that wisdom. I deeply believe that we're most powerful when we're in the present moment. And then to take aligned action on that wisdom, which is a whole other story because it's one thing to hear from your wisdom. It's another thing to actually act on what it says. Yeah, because I think a lot of times we have issues with, okay, I I, I know this about myself, but you don't trust yourself. And maybe that's when you end up going to outside people to get validation or you know, for them to reiterate what you already are telling yourself. So how can you start to trust yourself and your own wisdom and like listen to your own voice and intuition? Uh, my recommendation would be to start small. So you don't need to have like an eat, pray, love moment and like quit your job and go across the world. It could be as simple as like, I trust myself that I'm going to have peanut butter on my toast this morning instead of avocado on my toast. Even starting back smaller from that, I was doing a practice yesterday where I was just having so much gratitude for the fact that I can trust my body to keep breathing for me. And I don't worry about whether or not I'm going to continue to breathe. My body is already doing that. And then I asked myself the question, what else can I trust myself to do? What else am I already doing that I'm maybe not appreciating? Like, I trust that I will brush my teeth. I trust that when I tell someone I'm going to do something, I do it. So celebrating those ways that you already can trust yourself and then continuing to build trust baby step by baby step, people get into trouble when they feel like they need to do these huge grand gestures that can be a little overwhelming to our nervous system when we go too quickly, too fast. How do we build time in our routines to even listen to ourselves and trust ourselves? Is it journaling? Is it scheduling like a meeting with ourselves? Because I think we do need to allow ourselves time to give ourselves wisdom. That's a great question. I think it's going to be a little bit different for everyone. So for certain things, I do like to journal, especially when it's something bigger. But other times I'm I'm having a conversation with myself in my head, depending on where I'm at. Sometimes I'm literally talking to myself and just like, okay, Taylor, where are we at? What are we feeling? How can I trust myself in this moment? And there's something to be said for verbally processing things. There can be a difference. I have some clients that I work with who will just record voice notes to themselves and listen back to it because when they externalize that thought and listen back to what they said, all of a sudden it it makes themselves that it makes them almost view themselves as more wise mm. because it's almost like someone else is saying it, even though it's their own wisdom. Oh, I love that. That's such a good tip. I, I find that with myself sometimes when I listen to my podcast back and I'm listening to things, I'm like, oh, I just gave myself some really great advice. <laughs> okay. So the last pillar is bliss. So when I'm talking about bliss, it's this state of true connectedness. 
connected to who we are at our core, connected to a community and connected to something bigger than ourselves. That could be spirituality. That could be being in nature. That could be connected to like a higher purpose and a mission for your life. And when we are in that seat of connection, we may not be happy all of the time. I think of like the times when I've had to lean on my community, for example, I could be really struggling, but I can feel this like seat of bliss because I I don't have to carry myself all of the time. And then how can we build a better connection with ourselves to have bliss? And then how can we prioritize those three areas of bliss or connection? In terms of connecting with yourself, I think it's giving yourself permission to be yourself. And we've had threads of that throughout the conversation, but noticing when you're editing yourself, noticing when you have an opinion, but you pull back because what if they don't agree with me? Or what if they think X, Y, Z about me? And this is work that I am continually doing, especially when I'm in a season right now where I feel a little bit more visible than perhaps I normally am. It's constantly tuning back into what do I want? What do I value? What is important to me? And then moving beyond the self, we are such an individualistic kind of generation. And for those of us who live in Western societies, societies that when we compare ourselves, if we go back several generations for all of us, our ancestors were not this individualistic. Our ancestors lived in community. They gived and received. They acknowledged the different talents that everyone can bring to the table. And so for a lot of us, it is not just finding the people that we feel like we can be in reciprocal relationships with, but also giving ourselves permission to open up, giving ourselves permission to look less than perfect, which can be terrifying for people who are high achievers who always feel like they need to go, go, go. For these five pillars, I know it might seem overwhelming because maybe today we're prioritizing physical and tomorrow we're prioritizing mental and emotional, but how do we have a balance of all of these things? And how do we make time for all of them? Because it might seem overwhelming. I'm hoping that the people listening notice that there there's overlap to all of these. So it's not like it doesn't need to be a checklist for you. And there's a lot as you get to know yourself, you will intuitively begin to notice when one needs more care than the other. What's great about putting language to something is now you have words to say, ooh, energetic dimension, feeling a little off right now. What's difficult about giving language to something, especially for us as humans, is that we want to parse everything out when really we are whole integrated beings. So the first thing that I would remind everyone is that you are a whole integrated being. The second thing that I would offer is the take care assessment. That's a great place to start. That's free whether or not you buy the book. I tend to do it every three to four months to check in with myself. And then again, you want to constantly be curious and noticing trends. So when my physical dimension is off, that manifests as fatigue perhaps, or that manifests with as like a lot of tightness in my legs because that's what happens when I get anxious. When my wisdom dimension is off, I find that my inner critic is really loud. So the more that you work with this, the more you'll just start to know if this, then that. If this is happening, it's really likely that something is off in this dimension. And then for people that might have 
a really difficult time just making time for self-care in their routines. And I know so many of us feel like really burnt out and just very busy with the you know timing of our lives. How can we fit this into our daily schedules? The first thing I would say is release the expectations that you have around timing and just allow yourself to be in conversation. What I will see happen is people will say, I need to meditate for at least 10 minutes and I only have two minutes, so I'm just not going to meditate. And that always makes me so sad because it's like you're missing out on potential care that you can give yourself. So release the the labels, the ways that you're used to measuring if my care is quote unquote good or bad, and just give yourself what you are able to give in the moment and celebrate that. Not as a consolation prize, like I should have done all of that, but I only did this. But no, I listened to myself. I responded with love using the best resources available to me. And I gave what I had today. That's worth celebrating. Thank you so much. There were so many amazing tips and I know people will enjoy your book so much. So where can everyone follow you and find Inner Workout? Yeah. So on Instagram, I'm at Taylor Elise Morrison. That's with a Y and Inner Workout is at Inner Workout. If you go to our website, innerworkout.co, right at the top, there's a button that says order the Inner Workout book. You can find it pretty much anywhere books are sold. And like I said, if you're like, I don't know if I can get into a whole book, the take care assessment is always free. And that has been such a resource to me and countless other people. Amazing. Thank you so much, Taylor. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to subscribe to my podcast and rate and review because it would mean so much to me and follow me on Instagram at Mariana underscore Hewitt to see what episodes are coming up next. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.